What's up, you beautiful people? One more day and an opening day. If you haven't done anything to get ready for the the season, it's probably too late, but uh, I like your style. Keep on rolling with it. But this episode, man, was special, man. It was such an awesome, organic conversation with East Coast Trev from the Outdoor Drive podcast. It was it was, it was one of my top favorites so far. And I, I'm, the next one is my favorite, though. But this one was a top contender of one of the best so far. So it's uh, not a lot of tips and tricks if you guys are looking for that. It was just a pure organic conversation. If you haven't heard of the Outdoor Drive podcast, go check them out. Them guys are awesome. They're always bringing a lot of news. Always bringing high elite hunters in there. Go check them out, man. I'll put a link in the description and all that. But if you guys haven't subscribed or liked the podcast or reviewed us on Apple Tunes or Apple Podcasts or Spotify yet, please go leave us a review. Uh, that would really help us out and all that. Or check our Instagram out. Anything that would help to tell tell somebody about the podcast, that would be greatly appreciated. So if I... If it's opening day, good luck, guys. If you have any sess or any kind of photos you want to bring to us, just send us an Instagram or Facebook, and we'll probably share them or whatever. Good luck, guys. I can't wait to the season goes. Enjoy the episode. This is the Generations to Hunt podcast where the goal is to learn together and further the culture of hunting. Thanks for listening. What's up, guys? I'm back. We're in the studio by myself, and I got a very special guest, East Coast Trev. Really doesn't need no introduction, so why don't you just go right into it right now? <laughs> no, you don't need to be like that, man. It's uh, just, there's no need for that, Joe. <laughs> no need, man. No okay. need. <laughs> I appreciate you taking the time, man, to have me on, dude. I really do. I'm. It's it's a pleasure to be here, man. Thank dude, you. Vice versa, man. I mean, I like you're like one of the first episode i mean podcast i kind of got into with the <clears throat> with the east east coast bow hunter and all that and i mean this is like this kind of like starstruck a little bit so i mean oh. i appreciate you coming on and talk and taking the time to talk to us man jeez man talk about bringing up the past i, I mean, know like, <laughs> i know i i didn't even want to bring it up that much but oh, it's fine it's not a big deal <laughs> all right yeah are them it's episodes kinda... still out can you still listen to them episodes or no we tried we tried to get rid of them honestly um there a lot of them have gone gone and passed okay. um there is some of them probably floating around the interweb somewhere obviously because you can't get a, get rid of everything um but there is some of them definitely out there and and in public's view i guess all right um but that was that was a fun endeavor dude like that's kind of you know it's kind of what i cut my teeth on when it comes to podcasting so it wasn't it was it was one of those things that I absolutely loved it. I had the time in my life with. I was an absolute idiot and moron on it and didn't have to care. Um, but I mean, like, hey man, things happen. What are you gonna do? It was a bad business business partner and 
I don't know. I mean, he's doing 20 to life now, so fuck it. Who cares? Yeah, fuck him. <laughs> That's what I said. So, but now I'm now we're on to bigger and better things, dude. And we, we have a lot more fun and a, and a better platform and somewhere else better to fucking listen to, I guess. That sounds awesome. Sorry, I'm trying to, my, my Zoom just, uh, just told me we got to upgrade or they got to cancel my things. Oh, geez. So that's not good. No. So let's just break down a little bit. <laughs> you you got to love podcasting, right? The yeah, technical difficulties I, of it. And like, I, and it's so, yeah, I had some, my USB-C went out of my cord earlier today, so I don't know why it, it went like that, but, uh, let's just, I mean, this, some people don't understand the struggle behind this stuff, but, uh, let's go a little bit of dive deep and, uh, I mean, how you got started and all this and. Yeah, so like I had said, man, I had started with East Coast Bowhunting Podcast, and we kind of broke off of that, and we started the Outdoor Drive. That all had started, um, I had met a gentleman by the name of Stephen Clark, which is actually my co-host um, of the Outdoor Drive, and uh, we actually had dropped it. It actually all got created in less than two weeks. Um, he, uh, when, I, when the Endeavor for East Coast Bowhunting got shut down, or we ended up canceling it, I had reach out to Steven. Steven had been on the podcast and there was talk about him actually co-hosting with me on the outdoor drive. I mean, uh, on East coast and, uh, things had gone South. So we decided when we had to shut down East coast bow hunting, that we were going to open up the outdoor drive. Dude, it took us about a week to come up with a name, a logo and a launch date of it. So we ended up launching it in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. And we just started from there. Um, and not being just, super niche to just bow hunting because obviously as we know like a lot of people are bow hunters but there's a lot more things in the outdoors as far as if it's uh fishing hunting camping hiking um there's just there's a lot more to it and i think that we were missing out on a ton um because it's bow hunting is only half of what we do all year long so we started the outdoor drive and dude it was talk about a struggle to try and come up with a name and a logo and everything else all at once, it was probably one of the worst times of my life trying to figure that all out. Like we had actually come up with East Coast Traditions podcast, which was kind of like where we were going to go with it. And then we were kind of advised to the fact like, don't do that. Don't do East Coast Traditions because it's very linked to East Coast Bowhunting Podcast. So start something completely different and just start completely fresh and new and not even have East coast in it, which was, I mean, I guess kind of smart and the same token, because like you definitely don't want to do that at all and have to worry about that. Yeah. And I kind of think that would have been like, uh, if people would have heard that you would think you were like traditional or flintlock or something like that. So, I mean, I mean, I like the outdoor drive and I think your like out slogan is one of the really good ones too and all that and stuff. So we know that we're not traditional at all. Like uh, traditions and traditional is not not who we are by any means. We are very far from tradition. Dude, I, I think you look you badass with a flintlock rifle just going around some public <laughs> land in a saddle. Dude, you could be number one trending on the YouTube with a flintlock saddle i mean talk and about e-bike yeah and on the e fuck man <laughs> could you imagine yeah then you're from new england you could be like yep. the fucking british are coming the british are coming <laughs> it's, it's actually kind of funny that you say that because so the hometown that i'm actually from is coventry connecticut or coventry is what they call it um 
and it's actually the home of Nathan Hale. <laughs> so it's kind of <laughs> right. Isn't Holy shit! Yeah. So like Nathan Hale's homestead is literally probably a mile and a half from my house where I sit today. So like, could you imagine actually being that guy with a flintlock <laughs> and like it would be, it would totally be fitting. There's no doubt about yeah, that. Yeah, for but sure. I I actually I so I have a couple of flintlocks and Pennsylvania um has that traditional um season. And I was like, dude, I kind of want to go and check that out. There's a couple of my buddies. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen like in the presence, but those boys, they do flintlock drives in Pennsylvania <laughs> during traditional season. Bro, it is one of the most badass things you will ever watch. Like their drive videos are the coolest things ever. And it kind of inspired me to like, I have this flintlock. I was like, dude, you know what I should do? I would love to kill turkeys with a flintlock. Like just something a little bit different like we kill a ton of turkeys yeah. here so like you gotta like come up with something a little bit different i was like maybe i'll kill one with a flintlock like be kind of cool i guess i'll i should you know what i should do i should dress up in like wool and all that stuff and i'll do like a whole entire video series of killing things with a flintlock in dressed up colonial clothing i guess Can you imagine <laughs> that could you i don't even think they make them for a guy my size yeah whatever yeah <laughs> it could be worth it yeah i i thought about it because I was like, I was going to get deep into some, uh, flint, like the, tr the true flintlocks and all mm -hmm. that. And then I was like looking like you either have to make them or you get them like m somebody makes them for you. And they're like a grand. I was like, I'm not that cool. No. <laughs> and <laughs> to be only able to shoot like 40 paces. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm all We're right. not that good. No, I can't even <laughs> shoot 40 paces with a bow, <laughs> right. let alone a Boar sight or boy, yeah, boar sight fucking rifle. So, yep, absolutely. No, it would be kind of fun though. I yeah. think it would be kind of cool. Yeah, so, I think that's cool. Challenge. I think that's, I think that would be a cool trend for more places to start. Cause like Michigan, we have like, we have a muzzle order season, but you can use straight wall cartridges. So, might as well be like the 350 or the 450, 450 legend. I mean, you can shoot 200 yards. So, what's the point of even having a muzzle loader season? Let's bring it back, cut that muzzle loader to the traditional season. So. so, so you can actually shoot straight wall during the muzzle loader season? That's correct. So, our rifle season, <laughs> yeah, our rifle season in Michigan is like 30 to 40 days long. So, we get November 15th is just normal. Uh, rifle opening up mm -hmm. and then it goes to the 31st or 30th i don't know how many days in november sorry i'm not right, that right. guy i don't remember the 30 or whatever but uh uh there there's a shotgun line let's see where's my hand okay right here's the hand there's like a shotgun line that goes like right here and then you can use rifle all above this but this is all shotgun down here but you can use the straight wall cartridges uh, in a shotgun zone so you can use the 450 Bushmaster or the mm -hmm. 350 Legend, 44 Magnum, I think, and I think there's a 357. I I could be wrong. 357 Legend, yeah. yeah. I, I yeah. So you can use that. So you get them yeah. 15 days. Then there's like an eight to 90 period, and then muzzle loader picks up, and there's like a couple zones, but you can use straight wall cartridges all the way, and it goes to like the. 18th or whatever and then like there's a three day four break four day break and then there's late antlers to the rest of the, the beginning of the year so dude you literally could fucking use a rifle for almost a month so what is a muzzleloader season if you can use a straight wall cartridge that doesn't make any sense i don't know i don't that's crazy I, like here with you can't even you can't even use a lesser weapon here bro like i can't so 
and this one of the things that kind of irritates me about here, right? Like talking about, I know off air, we kind of talked about it is the biologist and people kind of getting their hands where they don't belong, where during bow season, I can hunt with a bow, right? Then shotgun season opens up, but I cannot hunt on public land with my bow during shotgun season. It doesn't make any sense, right? We can, but we have to wear orange. I mean, okay, but I'll wear orange. Yeah, I know I, that makes no like why. Yeah, why is there no like I'm in a disadvantage and like personally, I don't want to be on public land during opening day of anything. Like it's I don't know how yours is, but ours Same. is it's the orange court orange coat army man it's nuts mm-hmm. out there it looks like a pumpkin field on some of the public but yeah i don't i don't see that like what's the science behind why can't i have a bow out there i mean you're not gonna lessen numbers or anything of hunters you know how crazy it is for us is that like so you 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 can wear the orange law right so you can you have to wear an orange to and from your tree stand and once you get on the elevation over 10 feet you can take your orange off that makes no sense at all right that makes no sense at all. But my thing is, and my argument is, so if I shoot and tag out with my bow, right, but then I go into shotgun season, I want to use a lesser weapon because I want to use my shotgun tag with a bow and arrow. I cannot do that. I have, I, which I'm like, what do you mean? But I can use a muzzle loader and shoot with my shotgun tag, but I can't use a bow. And I'm like, that makes no sense. And talk about somebody getting involved where they don't need to get involved. Right. Like, come on, you got to be kidding me. Like, what does it really matter what I shoot it with? It's really that big of a deal. Like, yeah. I'm actually at a disadvantage. Yeah. You know? Like, that was like when I went out to Wyoming. And like, I'm not like a penny pitching guy, but like, mm-hmm. so you get a bear tag. So you can shoot that bear with a gun. It's just straight, you just pay for your license and then the bear tag. And then right. you hit the, if you want to use a bow, I was like, well, I was going to use a gun. And I was like, but I might use my bow. Somebody might talk me. There's like a tree stand that only can shoot a bow out of. I was like, oh, well, I don't want to be in disadvantage. So I'm going to buy this archery tag. It was like 70 bucks. I'm like, why is it $70 to use a bow, but it's no more to use a gun? I was like, that makes no sense to me at all. I'm like. I'm like, why would they do that? I it's all it's got to be a mon- money game, money like, thing. It's got to be a money grab. But I mean, like, I just don't understand. Like, okay, I don't mind it, but like, there's just like, you just like, oh, let's kick this guy when he doesn't tag out. Let's kick him in the balls for another seventy bucks. So, <laughs> Maine is the same way. So like, you buy your regular gun license. It's like two hundred and something dollars, and you get your bear tag with it. But if you want a bow hunt, you have to spend an extra hundred and ten dollars to shoot it with a bow, to have your bow your bow license with it. They do do a five day, which is like twenty five bucks. But like, what does it matter? Like, just let me use any implement that I want to use. Like, yeah, whatever's bear. legal. Like, say okay, with bear you can shoot it with a bow, a muzzleloader, or a rifle. Like, I get yeah. it. It's a money thing. Obviously. Yeah, uh, put uh, put thirty more dollars on the tag. So like the average fifty fifty. The 30 or 50 percent of the people using a gun's gonna buy it and then you know there's more gun hunters than bow hunters anyway so mm-hmm. i mean you're gonna get you're gonna get more money anyways just implementing on the tag than than just having us buy an archery stamp or archery license or whatever but it's so stupid and like is your state like ours like we have to get an actual um we have to go and get a bow license and then a gun license Mm-mm. you have to get all of this at no no we have a 
we have just basically we get a like a buck te- like we get to buy a comp you, you, you know i got burned on this one time when i was younger so you got to get a buck tag if you, we get two bucks but if you don't buy if you buy a buck tag by itself you can't get your second buck tag you have to buy the combo right at once to get both your buck tags if you don't buy that combo and you buy your buck tag and use that buck tag you can't you can't get a second buck so you have to buy in the combo <laughs> it makes no sense but it's it's a money grab too because it's like in my eyes if you're a non-resident you're gonna go well maybe i'll get two bucks so i gotta and they gotta spend you know the extra additional money to buy both tags at once you know what i mean because it's out of non-resident has to buy it's more and more money because they're buying right. it. and they're gonna go well if i'm coming up there and if i see two bucks i'm gonna shoot them so that's why they i think they implemented they implemented like eight years ago in my eyes that's why it's just a huge money grab because they're like okay now these guys gotta buy two tags right at once there's no if even if they don't use one we got them already buying two so but no we have you buy the you get your tag and then there's just seasons and then the doe used to be zones like there would be like certain zones like public Mm -hmm. private or public and the counties or whatever and then now they implemented a universal one there's so many universal tags so you can use them like the whole lower peninsula and all that but i it's it's a Every day it's a different thing, and we just implement. Dude, the the fucking world was on fire when we uh, the DNR said that we had to check check our deer. Like everybody in Michigan's like, why do I gotta check my deer? I'm like, what? Why are you freaking out? That sounds like you're doing some shady shit when you don't want to check your deer in. But like, and then like everybody like elks in the world is like, dude, we've been checking our deer for like. 10 15 years like what the hell are you talking about you don't check your deer and i think deer checking was probably one of my favorite things growing up as a kid like we would you would hunt opening day right and then you would after the opening day like the local sports shop would open up at like 10 a.m so like you would hunt in the morning it'd be like 9 30 10 o'clock you'd get down and you would go to the, the check-in station and you would sit at the check-in station and see what, you know, like I'd come from a small town. So, like, you would just go to the sportsman shop and see what everyone shot on opening day of shotgun season. It was probably one of my favorite things. You Even if you didn't shoot nothing, dude, you would just go there and be like, oh, who's got what buck? You know, like, who shot what deer? Like, it was probably one of my favorite things to go and do. Right. And then um, as I got older, uh, in my late teens, they got rid of it. And I'm like. I still went there in my teens, dude, in my late teens to go and just see like every open and dead. It's what you did. You grab a coffee, a donut, and you just go over to the sportsman shop and you'd see who came in with what deer, what buck, what, de- you know what I'm saying? And like congratulate everybody. And it was like the cool camaraderie thing of camp, but they got rid of it. And I'm like, why would you get rid of this? Like, this is the dumbest thing. Like, why? Like, it's the coolest. Thing. Like, they check it in. They they pull a tooth for age. They yeah. tell you, like, how old it is. Like, right then and there, they have a biologist there. It was so badass. Yeah. And and it was actually a money grab for them because you would pay $5 to get your tag. So, yeah. like, why wouldn't you do that? Like, I don't yeah. know. It was just, it's crazy. And now they make it so that I think here, like, it being such a liberal state and, like, like I think, honestly, they went to a paper, like, a, just a kind of, like, online tagging system and a paper not a paperless so like you literally can you can just call it in online and get a confirmation number and you have to have the confirmation number on the deer like you don't have to check anything in or nothing like so you have guys that i mean um, who knows if i mean this is my beliefs on it like they would just shoot a deer and if they clean it up and cut it up then they don't have to tag it you know like because you're making it easier for poachers and they can just 
shoot whatever they want. But on the same token, you're making honest people criminals at that point because yeah. you have 24 hours to to call it in and get a confirmation number. And if that guy like like myself, like if you get a busy doing something or whatever and you just forget, then and they don't get a confirmation number, now that's an illegal deer, right. you know? So like I don't know. It's kind of a a win lose draw kind of thing, I guess. So did yeah. you guys ever have buck poles out there? No. No. Wow, that's crazy. That's like such a like staple around here. You, you know what a buck pole is? No, not even close. Oh, really? Okay, so like uh oh, like use the archery they didn't do but like gun. It would be like the first weekend like bars or whatever, like usually processors would have it. So they would have these poles out and uh if you shoot a buck or whatever, you go to these buck poles and they have a contest that night and they score it up and all that and usually like the first place usually there's like a prize or whatever and you just a free entry but it's usually yeah so like you just go there at the end of the night there'd be like 15 20 bucks on the pole and basically everybody's talking around there talking how they got it and all that and then there's a little contest usually like a taxidermy says a free head for first place or they throw some money sometimes at it yeah or whatever free stuff and stuff yeah that's oh uh, see that awesome yeah man oh man we'll have to get you like on a buck pole one of these but it's usually like in november like the prime time you know we we're the we have like the awesomest gun hunt you know usually right after rut or during rut so you know great great success rate for them guys so i really appreciate it that's pretty and it's like ours is like you know how some states are like it's on the third weekend of November or second week. You know, it doesn't matter. Ours is on November 15th. Got to be on November 15th. And guess what? November 15th this year is a Tuesday. Like now I got to take fucking Monday off to go up. North. Like I always go up north with my dad because yep. we don't have big gear up there. But I just it's that's why one of the main reason I got into hunting is be closer to my dad. And I said I will never miss an opening day with him as long as I, I'm breathing or capable. So now I got to take Monday <laughs> and like. I don't care. I'll take work off. Fuck it. But it's like Tuesday. What the fuck, man? Like no one wants it. Now we got to take Tuesday off and like Monday, Tuesday, I basically take the whole week off. And I'm like, God damn, we got to make it like the second weekend of November or something or actually farther. I would hope like more Thanksgiving area, get more people on the woods when, you know, when the cold starts to come out, that's when it kills everybody. But I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a biologist, so I don't know when. Yeah. They do the same thing here. Like, it's like the third Tuesday of November or something. Like, they, it's actually, no, I'm sorry. We, what is, I don't know. It all depends because I think that it goes on days. So you're only allowed to hunt, you know what I'm saying? Like, waterfowl. Like, you have to, they only allot you X amount of days. So then they just pick a random day like you, like a Tuesday. I think it's about the same. Like, like our bow season September 15th. It opens September 15th every single year no matter what if it's a Thursday, a Monday or it doesn't really matter. And then I think our gun season is the same. Actually now that I say it, yeah. I think it actually is the same. But it's just <laughs> irritating like I love how we're you... the people that we talk about hunting for a living when we know our own dates sometimes we're like well, I don't I you just like go sometimes with you it. just don't know. You're just like I don't fucking care. Like, you know, but yeah, consider sorry. I feel like it changes all the time, right? Oh. Like everything changes, but in all reality it probably doesn't. Nah. Like it's, it's probably just stays the same and we're just like, yeah, well, whatever. I, I, I just go with the dates, man. I don't know. Look in the book. And there's like That's some people favorite. that ask me, like, oh, you're a big hunter, you might know this question. I'm like, no fucking clue, dude. Sorry. <laughs> like, no. Google I, is an amazing thing. Yeah, I think Google has saved a lot of people from getting charges and like, oh, 
who would know that you're not, you're only supposed to have three in your duck gun? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a federal regulation, by the way. Yeah. That's across the board. Like, it's, I, I don't. I have never waterfowl, and I like, I have a really big buddies that are really big in waterfowl, and I kind of want to refuse to do it in a sense because I think that'd be too much of addiction for me. It sounds like too much of a good time to me. See, that's, so that's, I guess that's one of my problems, right? And one of my qualms in, in, in the outdoors is that I try and put my hands in everything known to man. Like I have to be part of everything, whether it's pheasant hunting, deer hunting, waterfowl hunting, goose hunting. I have to go and try everything. And I have way too many hobbies like in the out. It's only in the outdoor realm. Like, right. So like I want to saltwater fish. I want to freshwater fish. Like I don't think there's enough days in the week and hours in the day to keep me busy enough to be doing everything. And I, if I could tell you, do not get involved with anything else, bro, because like the it gets so overwhelming. Like sea duck season, I'm constantly duck hunting all the time. Then, you know, then we go into ice fishing. Then it's the springtime, so you're you're back to regular fishing, and then it goes into turkey hunting. And like you have to like strategically set up all of your days to be able to do everything and you're like holy shit bro i have way too much stuff like i have way too much gear it's it gets expensive tags i I bet it's nuts bro like maxed out credit cards and you're just like shouldn't be buying this but uh charge it (laughs) taxidermy bro oh dude i just i dropped my bear off the spring and he was just like he was like yeah it's like something like 50 bucks an inch i'm like Thank God I shot a smaller bear because <laughs> the one guy that shot me a monster in camp with me, I was like, dude, your taxidermy bill is going to be outrageous. So what did you do? Did you do a bear rug? or No, you did... I did a full body. So it's going to be like a wall, like a little bit of like, oh, man, I wish I could show you real quick. But uh, it's yeah. going to be like a little bit of like a pedestal, not like a pedestal, mm-hmm. like a little bit of environment or whatever. And he's yep. going to be on the wall, but it's going to be a full body, like a side. But he's just so pretty. You got to. You got to mm-hmm. show off the, all the those stuff. I don't know if I'm gonna have a foot up, no mouth open. I don't like mouth open, but no. but well, black bears aren't an aggressive animal. I never understood that. No, I I, I think every I, like don't. I went to old barn taxidermy, so like mm-hmm. Sam, he's awesome taxidermy. So I wouldn't be worried about it. But I think like a lot of the time, other people they they fuck up a mouth. You know, I mean, like coyotes or anything. Like sometimes it's it's a it's. It's a fine, thin rind with anything with their mouth open. It's like, okay, it works for that pose, or it just looks like he's just fucking sneezing out something or something. Do you know one of the worst things? So, like, obviously, so I'm in the taxidermy world. That's right. kind of, like, one of the things that I do in the off season. So I I have – I'm into European mounts. That's what I do full-time. That's my full-time business in the in the winter is is – european mounts if that makes any sense but i help a lot with a good buddy of mine who's a taxidermist so we dive into taxidermy all the time and you know how you can tell what a good taxidermist is or isn't is cats bro bobcats and mountain lions you can tell a taxidermist by those two animals because you can fuck up so bad (laughs) with the eyes on a cat and really tell how intricate or how good a taxidermist is is by their cats and by their coyotes are their two most how many how many like screwed up taxidermy posts do you see of guys with fox foxes coyotes and cats like oh bro, yeah dude you're like 
Oh, I'm not sending my shit there. Like that guy, like a deer. All right. A deer looks still looks like a deer, no matter yeah. how you screw it up, where the eyes or it's, the mouth it, or the nose it's, is. It's usually they, they, they fuck up the fur or something like they like somehow. But, you know, some people are like, oh, the taxidermy fucked it up. Well, you probably fucked up. Like they don't blame their self. Like, oh, I didn't prep the body or like I had it frostbite or something or didn't prep it right or something but yeah yeah usually the, like you said deer usually turns out a deer usually like hair or something or something like that or there's it, and it's funny that you say that because i think that there's a huge preparation factor with any type of taxidermy and a lot of people don't take that into consideration where you want to like a bear right like you being out in the west right like you have to get that thing as cold as utterly possible as fast as you can because if you don't, then you're literally going to get hair pull. And the first place that it comes from is in the face oh. on a bear. So, like, when you have that skin and it's still – if that bear skull is still inside, you're actually just packing heat into their face. You want to get that thing off of it as fast as you can or at least put it in a freezer to get it as cold as you possibly can, as fast as you can, or you're going to end up getting hair pull. And yeah. it's the same with guys with deer, like – early season uh, early october and stuff when it's still 60 degrees out bro you're not getting that thing down to temperature fast enough and it's literally that's where we have problems with hair pull man like if like you see guys like there's a couple guys that shoot pieball deer right or have shot pieball deer here and they drive around with it in their truck no. or they hang in the garage and then they get mad because they wanted to do a full mount, but now they're doing a shoulder mount because there's all kinds of hair pull on it. And it's like, that's not the taxidermist's fault. And everybody's been breaking down on the taxidermist. Oh, yeah. That's like the new trend now. Like, well, let's just blame the taxidermist. Well, it's not the taxidermist's fault that you drove around that thing for six months and put it on a buck pull and <laughs> it was there all night. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, it's not, it's not their fault, but like, I don't know. People just like to point the blame to anybody else but themselves like nobody wants to take you know recognition for what they did wrong you know and that's well if anybody's gonna learn anything from this podcast the one fact what would you (laughs) (laughs) what would you say the best preparation okay i shot a buck i just gutted it what what would your next step i don't have a deep freezer i don't have a deep freezer available for honestly what i would do as fast as i possibly could is i would pack that thing with ice and get the internal down as fast as you possibly could if you can pack it with pack ice on top of it and and get it cold as you possibly could that would be my thing like or or even get it to a processor so that they can get it into you know you want to try and do your due diligence to try and get that thing cold as you possibly can man like it's 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 like get the guts out of it pack that thing full of ice like if i was to do it if i was to do it i would take that thing and i would put it in a say a jet sled because we use those a ton i would pack it full of ice i would put ice on the outside and i would try and put like some type of shipping blanket on it and get it down cold as you possibly could um pretty fast and then try and skin it off and cape it out and get that thing in the freezer man because you you don't want to get it soaking wet, right? Yeah, from the ice because that's that's a that's a bad factor too. But you want to just get it cool and just cool it down because I mean that thing's your trophy, man. Like that's that's forever gonna be there, and you want to make sure to take care of it as as best as you possibly can. I mean it's it's even down to you know European mounts. Like a lot of people don't understand. Like if you take that European mount and you 
and you hang that deer in the in the cool in the walk-in cooler for a week right like you would think that it's normal but what are you doing you hang it from its back hogs and all the blood rushes down to its face now all that blood is sitting in in the face of that deer like people a lot of people don't think about that and when you do that what does that do man that stuff gets saturated into the bone of your of your face so what you want to do honestly and what i i tell all my customers is cut that head off as fast as you can man a you're going to get all the blood out of your animal but now that head is off of the deer take it and put it in the freezer freeze it as possible as fast as possible now that meat's not rotting like it's not really rotting but it's it's you know it's it's starting to break down so then that blood and stuff is on that skull you're going to have a better end product for the tax service to be able to work with and it's it just it, it makes it so you have a nicer trophy, man. And you want to care for it because you spent all that time and money sitting in the tree to shoot something and you're not going to take care of it. Yeah. Like, why would you you know what I'm saying? Like, it all starts with you. It doesn't it's not in the tax service. It all starts with you and just proper preparation, man. Like it's it's very important, very important for the proper trophy. Yeah, it's like getting a Corvette and putting a conventional oil in it and just fucking... <laughs> it doesn't make no sense. It makes dude. no sense. Yeah. It's I... like wiping before you poop. It just doesn't make any sense, man. Nah. It really doesn't. <laughs> I got a bidet, <laughs> so it just it's uh, it's all good. Um, we're bougie up here, dude. <laughs> yeah. What is that? What is that thing? The Mr. Squirter or whatever? What is that thing? Oh, the... I, oh, I can't think of it. Sorry. Well, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. First time I seen one, I was like, when did they start putting a drinking fountain in the bathroom? <laughs> Yeah, I hey, listen, I try anything once, honestly. <laughs> yeah, twenty bucks is twenty bucks, bro. That's I mean, what I'm saying. I'm saying twenty bucks is twenty bucks. Yeah, so I do it for five. <laughs> Damn, <laughs> just killing the competition out there. Just so, so I, I don't know. I'm not trying to be. What do you think the biggest thing you notice since like? the upsurge in of hunting or outdoor industry to you. I mean, I know you talked a little bit about on yours about how like fishing went nuts and all that for a moment during the COVID, but like, what do you think the, like the most uptrend in your area? I mean, I, I, I think the basics, I think that's around the board is saddles and mobile hunting is kind of going more nuts, I think. But, um, I mean, is there anything, anything certain out in your area or is it more people leaving your area, like going more towards Ohio, more Midwest or all that? So, no, I think that there was just like a huge upchuck and people just getting out in the outdoors and, and fishing, like fishing and hunting equipment. Like everybody's buying it. Guys that were, you know, let me take this back for a second. So one of the things that I had, I had said um, throughout all of this and the pandemic with everything going on, I hoped that everybody, what does everybody say? Everybody goes and they say, I wish I spent more time with my dad, or I wish I spent more time with my kids. I wish I spent more time hunting. I wish I did. Well, you were given that chance. And, and honestly here, I feel as if a lot of people did do that, man. A lot of people got into the outdoor realm or the outdoor sports um, and did more things in the outdoors than they ever had did. They they got back to their inner, we'll call it inner child, right? Where they were able to go out and do those things um, and and get into shooting archery or hunting. Like there's a, there's a huge amount of people that um, like if you go, so I, being a fisherman, I'm on the water all the time, right? And 
there is so many more people in all of these public fishing areas and and saltwater fishing than they've ever been honestly and it's so cool to see um and everybody's kind of like oh well they know all my spots they're going to my well who cares man they're out there and they're out there doing it and it's really cool to see and it's the same with archery and archery hunting like guys are there's a ton more hunters there's a ton more people and a lot more public areas hunting and i think it's absolutely great i think the industry needed it um because now we have more license sales like License sales have been down. License sales have been down. But the past couple of years, everybody everybody got out there and they actually did it. And it's an amazing thing to see. Like, um, so the other day, um, I had a, a little malfunction with uh, one of my bows. And I wanted to make sure it was tuned in before I started traveling. And uh, so I went, there's a local field archery range down the road. And I would go there and shoot all the time, dude. I would just, I would grab a dozen arrows in my recurve and I would walk it. It's a field archery spot. Um, and it's all in the woods. So it's like a 3d course, but it's just bag targets and they would get used, but not, not all that much. And I went there the other day and all the targets have been shot up. Like there was a ton of people that had been gone through it. And while I was there, um, reciting in one of my, my sites, there was a kid or younger gentleman that had shown up with a, with a recurve. And there's, so like, if when you go up the main trail, there's like a big, there's like five targets and they're all at mark mark distances. And the, the guy was there, uh, I was there shooting and he'd come up behind me and he shot like a half dozen, half dozen arrows. And I was like, Hey man, uh, you're clear. Uh, we can go down and grab our stuff. So I introduced myself and uh, his name was Sam and uh come back i was like oh you're gonna shoot again he goes no i was just stopping on my way to work man it's something i picked up during covid and i just stop here and i shoot a half dozen arrows on my way to work and i was like that's awesome bro like that is awesome like you go out of your way to shoot your bow every single day on your way to work like i wish that i had that in me because i definitely don't like i'm way too lazy to do that yeah but you enjoy it, man. Yeah. And it's, I'm, I'm so happy to see something like that and see that people are starting to dive back into this sport that may have lost it, um, in the, in the past. Yeah. And traditional is, it's one of them things. If you don't use it, you'll lose it quick on, mm-hmm. on uh, just being, pers- you know, hitting where you want to hit. So, I mean, I never hit where I want to hit with it, but <laughs> it's fun to fling some arrows. So, one of my favorite things about traditional, like, and the only reason I picked it up, like, it's only a 35-pound bow. Like, I'll probably never hunt with it, but the reason I bought it was just that, like, I'm able to go into the woods and just shoot, man. And it's just, it brings you back to the fundamentals of where, you know, your anchor points, it's not forgiving at all. Like, if, you're, if your form is is not 100%, you're not going to hit your target. Like, and it and it kind of my thing for me, like when I go out with all my buddies, like I used to do a ton of uh, competition 3d shooting and and indoor 3d, I mean, indoor shooting and indoor 3d and the competition aspect of it for me with my friends was way too much. Like I would just break myself down and I would get so mad because I wouldn't hit my mark or I was all about a score for me. So I literally got it just to shoot. Like when I go out with my buddies and shoot 3d, I bring my trad bow. Because I know that I'm going to miss, and I don't really care about score. It just brings me back, man. I'll go stump shooting. 
I'll go and I'll just shoot things in the eye. Like, I'll miss it. Like, I don't care. I'll just fling arrows. And it brings me back to, like, when I was a kid, and it makes it fun again for me. Because you as, you know, like, as, like, yourself, like, being a podcaster or, quote-unquote, in the industry, right? Like, you kind of get caught up in everything. Like, you're trying to get everything on film. Like, all my hunts, I film all my hunts. And it, and it adds added stress to you where when I'm with my recurve, I don't have to worry about anything, man. I literally just fling arrows. It doesn't matter to me. I don't care. Like, if I miss, it's fine. Yeah. If I blow up an arrow, I don't care. Right. And it just makes it so much more fun where you, when you're with a compound and you're competition shooting, you're, like, so spot on with everything. And you get you just get in your own head, man. Oh, and yeah. It, and it tears you up, bro. I can't do it. I just can't do it no more. And it just it makes it more fun for me, honestly. Yeah, for sure it's yeah definitely rough when you just like saying like target pan is just like you just you know oh man just like bum i I had like a really big tournament this year and it was just like a solo tournament and they were giving out these belt buckles like dude they were like this big they said god's country on it it was so it was they're badass Come on, like like you're a rodeo star, or dude. I, I'll send you a picture. My buddy won it actually, and Come I was on. like, dude, it was so. It was. I, I was so like, dude, I want this thing more than ever, and I just went in and I was shooting really good, and then I just fell apart, and I was just beating myself up. I was just like, man, like I didn't do I didn't do my due diligence for sure. Like I didn't practice enough. I didn't do this. Or my stamina just wasn't enough, and I I just killed myself about it. And then like I was just like, man but you're out there, man. Like you, you can't be so rough on yourself. And then I'm like, nah, 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 nah. You fucked up, Joe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you <laughs> don't, know, since... don't take it easy on yourself. You fucked up. I'm like, I did. So, yeah. well now being crowned the king of the glory hole, Oh. I just I decided that I would put down my regular compound bow and pick. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Some people might not understand that reference. Yeah. <laughs> It's all right. It's a, it's just my mom that listens to the podcast, so she might reach out. She'll DM you oh, for Jesus. sure. No, no. So, dude, uh, I don't, you might may or not have heard it, but it was actually at the WCB shoot when I had shot Doris, and yeah. then they had so they had claimed me the king of the of Doris's glory hole. But whatever, it's just yeah. kind of funny. Whatever. Yeah, that thing. Sorry, mom. Uh, no, it's all right. Yeah, that thing eats a lot of arrows every year. And have you ever went to a tack event and all that? No, no, it's it's tough for me because it, they're always in August, July and August, and that's like my busiest time at work. So it's Damn. tough for me to get away. Like, I have to work in the in the summer because yeah. I only work like four months out of the year. So it's kind of important to. Kafaro Kef- has a like a iron rhino or whatever, and mm-hmm. that's pretty fun. But it's kind of like the thing. It's like I shoot into this. And if I make it in there, then I have to get a chance to win a backpack. It's like, man, that's the that's a tough to blow up a couple. You know, arrows aren't cheap, so at twenty dollars an arrow. Yeah, I know. And then you got to pay to enter, so yeah, like it's like, oh, might run this chance. Don't get me wrong, Kafaro makes some really nice stuff, but I think I'll just rather just put that as a down payment on the backpack. Yeah. Twenty bucks is twenty bucks, man. Uh, oh fuck, you don't want to <laughs> know what I had to do to get this arrow, brother. <laughs> I had a fucking there's calluses on these hands. I had to pay for college one time. <laughs> that happens. Yeah. 
<laughs> so what what are you most excited for this year? I mean, I know you guys are your season's going strong, but like I mean, is there like a new product or like anything you're just really excited for? I think so this year, um, for me honestly is I I'm I'm going sick of hunting in a week and a half. So that is gonna be kind of like that's my that's my big trip of the year. Like I went I went bear hunting, yeah, it was cool. I had the time of my life in northern maine doing that it was so much fun i did not kill a bear not upset about it it was an absolute blast um got to to see a ton of bears they killed 41 in camp it was absolutely amazing but my sicka hunt is probably top notch for me this is this is kind of like the end all be all for my 2022 season um i'm gonna go to the eastern shore of maryland for you guys that watch um you know steve Nella. you would know that he went to blackwater and he shot a sick deer well, I have a bunch of friends down there. I went down there and turkey hunted, and I have a couple of friends, a couple of killers um, when it comes to sick of deer, and uh, so I'm going to go down there and hunt, and I've always wanted to shoot one. Uh, it's I guess that the hunt is a really tough hunt with being in the Phragmites, uh, the swamp. Um, I mean, you're only a foot above sea level, so yeah. like ev- there's water everywhere. Yeah, you're, you're just going to be wet and... It's miserable. You hunting waders. Yeah. You're in. You know, there's bugs. There's nastiness. They they're the mini elk, so they're bugling. Um, the teens of October is their rut, so you're not really missing out on any of the other deer season. Um, and I'm going down there, man. And I don't really care about shooting a big stag. I don't care if it's a, a hind. I don't care what it is. I just want to shoot one. They they are the the most tastiest animals you have ever eaten in your entire life. It's literally a mini elk. Um, they're the size of a lab, um, so you have to shoot a couple of them for a meal. But um, <laughs> they say that they say that they're they're just fun, man, to be down there and listening to the bugles in the morning. They bugle all the time. They growl at each other. They're very they're they're actually a very aggressive animal where they actually push the whitetails out. Um and they're I think it's just gonna be a really cool hunt. Do I'm you, I'm really looking forward to it. Do you think that's gonna be like a, a brace the suck kind of hunt? You know, like it's gonna be pretty not like pretty like spirit wise down and mentally and physically tough and like, oh man, then after you're just be like, wow, that was amazing. So that's everything that I do in life. Yeah. Because I fail at everything. Like if there was, I, honestly, like it's, I'm one of those people that like get so torn up on myself. Like everything that could go wrong goes wrong. I forget absolutely everything. We have a segment. It's called Trev's bloopers. You probably remember <laughs> it. And like, I like, dude, I'll forget my boots. I'll forget. And I mean, I've hunted in sneakers more than none Crocs. Like I forget everything releases bullets, so like anything that can will go wrong for me. So it's always my life is an emotional roller coaster from the minute I wake up to the minute I fall asleep. There's a lot of highs and there's a lot of lows. Um, so that but but to answer your question, that is an embrace your suck because you're in the swamp, you're tripping and falling, you're wet, you're miserable. Um, and I guess that there's more failures than success in sick of hunting. Oh, yeah because it's just tough what's the temperature down there when like that is it like is it so it's october so like early season they say early season is miserable like the the bugs and they say like you need to run like three thermocells to even like have any good time 
like when I was down there turkey hunting this past year, you literally, bro, as the sun starts to go down, you literally can hear the humming of the mosquitoes, like the swarms coming. Like we we were we were um blow dart uh blow dart um shooting uh snakeheads and stuff at oh. night on the trenches. It's a different world down there, man. Like to be honest, it's a totally different world. And so we're we're shooting uh snakeheads and you can literally hear the swarms of mosquitoes coming across the marsh and you can watch them and you're like, dude, what in the world is going on? Like and my boys like they're like my buddy Sean, he's like, Trev, you really need a thermosel down here. And I'm like anti thermosel. I don't like them. Like I I hate them. I don't want to it's just the chemical aspect of it, right? Because I'm like, I don't want to breathe that shit in, dude. Like that I seen what it did to them guys in Nam. I seen what it did to them. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> I don't trust like, that shit. Yeah. Which I'm an idiot about it, but No, no, you're dude, you're t- I I don't like them either. I mean, I, mosquitoes really don't bug me. It's like they 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 can bite the hell on me. They don't really, really welt or nothing on me. It they really don't bug me unless they get like in my like just like in my eye. That's the only mm-hmm. thing that bugs me, but <laughs> nobody likes anything in their eye. I mean, I mean but they say that it's so bad that you cannot it's uncontrollable dude like they say that like you literally swell up so like whatever i'll bring mine and i'll deal with it it is what it is um but it's it like i said dude it's it's a totally different world down there like we're we're driving around and literally spotlighting the trenches for snakeheads in the middle of the night with bows out the window like and it's 100 legal like you're there's big trenches like so if you're driving down the road there's like big ditches on either side of the road and being one foot above sea level that's loaded with water so you're literally spotlighting the water as you drive by looking for snakeheads you get out of the car and you just shoot the snakehead off the side of the road like it's dude it's wild with with the blow darts and stuff blow darts bow and arrows like it's nuts do your blow darts have like the like the real on them or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, the same. Yeah, the Tim, the Tim Wells, the one, Tim yep. Wells one. I want to yep. go down there and shoot iguanas with that thing, dude. Me too. That is on my bucket. Dude, list, call dude. me up. We'll go yeah. down there, dude. Uh, like my wife wants to move to Florida. And I said, well, the only thing we're gonna be doing is shooting iguanas with blow darts. <laughs> the, the most, the thing, the thing is that there's so many invasives. Like my buddy Sean, he he goes down to Florida. They shoot all kinds of crazy different fish uh the iguanas snakes uh the new they thing still down have fucking there now. panthers down there yeah exactly <laughs> dude that's one of my so so he he went down and he did um we were talking about doing the osceola oh yeah. and he went down and he's hunting like some of the public land down there and he was telling me stories and uh he's like bro I'm not afraid of much, but when you get down in Florida, there is more spiders and snakes, panthers, like everything is trying to kill you. Like I didn't go far from the truck because I was so nervous. I didn't know the area. I fly down there. I get a rental car and I go out turkey hunting and I'm petrified of the woods because I don't know what's in the woods because there's so much like crazy things that live down there. And I was like, yeah, well, that's that happens, bro. Yeah, I'm not I'm not disagreeing. He's like, "Uh, can you come with me next year? Because like. I don't want to go in there alone. I was like, well, I guess I can do that. That'll be fun, I guess. Dude, but I'm petrified. Don't do it. The always the <laughs> funny comic relief guy always dies first in the movie. I 
Could you imagine? <laughs> and that's you, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't do it, man. I don't want to be that guy, bro. I uh, don't. I don't. Yeah, right. Dude. Not at somebody else's expense. No. Least. No. You know, at least GoPro it or something. That'd be. That, that might hit. <laughs> so you want me to die? Well, as long as I GoPro it. I mean, just think about the TikTok, dude. Yeah. You, I mean, do it for the gram. Do it for the clout, dude. You just yeah. You could be set for life, but you'd uh, be dead. Yeah, yeah, but you're dead. You're in the afterlife. But so you wake you up want? dead. How do you wake dead. up dead? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I absolutely love it. But yeah, no, that it would be cool, dude, to shoot iguanas, and there's just yeah. there's so many other things that yeah. you can shoot down there. Like it's just are not... you are you, you're gonna use a bow, right? Correct for the Sika? Yeah. Yep. So I'm is gonna, there I, is there a gun season for them, or is it like a yeah. limited tag? No, there's a, there is a gun season. I think that they allow straight straight wall cartridges also. Um, I think there's like a three day muzzleloader. There's a late uh, a late rifle. Um, there's a ton of different seasons for them, and they're invasive as as all hell. Like they're <clears throat> they had started off on a small island, but now they love them, dude. They're like everywhere, bro. I didn't realize it like when I was down there recently. There, you drive around there everywhere. Like it's it's insane, but the thing down there it's a it's a blue it's a it's a white collar game down there. If it's a pay to play state, oh, yeah. where when it comes to the private preserves and stuff, if you don't have the money or you're not hiring a guide, you're not. I mean, unless you're hunting public, and public is rugged, bro. I like bet. rugged, yeah, rugged. It's not. So how it's, will you be getting around? Is it? It's not airboat or nothing like that, or you no, know, no. Just, you just just, just right. waiters. There is dry ground. Like it's it, not like right. it's not the Everglades. Well, but I, like I know some people that I, I've heard or seen videos that mm-hmm. they go like deep or you know through these little pockets of islands and stuff and all that. And there's guys that kayak access to it, boat access to it. There, but there is dry ground. Right. Like I'm bringing down my e bike and huh, going to. Yeah, yeah, I'm that guy, man. Like, I got a free e-bike, bro. I'm no, dude, one. no, no, dude, dude. I'm actually like looking to get one, like active. Like, I got somebody that like, I'm thinking about getting. They just, they're just, they're just too simple to make it make everything so much easier. I'm so. telling you. So I didn't. Obviously, for the money that they are, right? You're like, I can't justify spending the money, and I didn't. Like, I had a close buddy of mine who kind of like product sponsored me i guess it would you would call it where so he he owns a power sports company and he was going to partner with baku but they never sold so they were last year's model and he's like trev do you have any interest in using one of these things like i have two of them you want one to try and i was like yeah man now that i have it bro i don't think i can hunt without it damn it is the coolest thing ever not even like not even like this hunting but like the other day i went out and wanted to move some trail cameras on some public land and I literally loaded up my bike and I jumped on my bike and I literally drove around, grabbed the camera, drove, moved the camera, got in my truck, drove to the other end of the public, jumped in my bike, went and grabbed the camera, moved it. It just made things so simple and easy. Yeah. What would have took me all day of walking and, and moving around, I was able to just e-bike around. And those things fly. Yeah. Like scary, scary. Like talk about craziness and Trev's bloopers. Like I was so... I was doing 25 miles an hour, bro. I'm 280 fucking pounds on this thing. I'm like, if this thing locks up on me, dude, I'm I'm going to die. Like, yeah. it's it. It's over. Like, someone's going to find me you in got, a ditch. You got a, a helmet, though, right? A hel- yeah, I got a helmet. Yeah, my head. Yeah. Like, 
if anyone's gonna get hurt, it's me. And I know I'm just waiting for the day when I. So there's a there's a there's a uh, economy mode on, and then I found out how to put it in sport mode, <laughs> and it says max forty two miles an hour, and I'm like, oh, this is gonna hurt. This is really gonna hurt, man. I couldn't admit. I'm. Yeah. Yeah. Full send. I'm I'm looking at the guy that I'm thinking about buying from a he's a he likes to hit the sauce a little bit. Yeah. And uh he <laughs> he's had two incidents with it and could you imagine on an e-bike so Come on. Yeah, so he he's thinking looking to get rid of it for I think a good deal so that's why That's I'm, cool. Yeah, it's that, worth it, man. Yeah, like, if you yeah. have the area to use it, it's totally worth it. Yeah. But I'm not I'm not knocking anybody for using one. Like no, they're actually a lot lighter than I thought they would be. For like, you see them thick frames. You're like, fuck that. Reminds me of my X Games bike back in the day, dude. That thing's got to be like <laughs> 50 pounds, but no, they're pretty light. So how how light is the one that what what brand is the one that you're looking at? He's you know? man. It's it's like kind of a offer brand, but it's like mm-hmm. M. I want to say m2s or something like mm. that it's like never heard of it yeah it's it, it's a lighter bike though it's a it's it's a like a full 10 speed or whatever but mm-hmm. it's it's a little, a little lighter i mean for Mine's what like it, 60 it is pounds mine's wow. a baku and they're heavy yeah i i don't think his is 60 but it's probably in like the 40s maybe i don't yeah. know I don't know, unless I'm really strong, but I doubt that. That is not yeah. me. So You look like a strong dude, Yeah, right? Yeah, this this is a schmedium I have on. That's why my <laughs> that's why my arms look so good. That's why this is a three X, bro. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Fills in on all the right places. That's right. Just kidding. Yeah. Tell me about that deer right there. <laughs> it's a two X, by the way. No. <laughs> Yeah, but no, it's definitely fun. It's, yeah. it's definitely a cool tool, and I, especially to use it down there. I got a couple of different places just to use it. I don't know if I'll actually hunt from it, but just to use it as a tool. Yeah. It's just another tool in the arsenal that that definitely. You know, I know that I'm that guy, right? I'm oh, that public shit. land uh, saddle, saddle hunting e biker. Like that's me. That's yeah, me. Cool. Well, like, I not your typical guy though. I can promise you no. that you see me and you know that that's what I do. Like that doesn't fit the criteria. Yeah, he, somebody somebody inflated this fucking guy. He's definitely not that guy. Yeah, I mean, dude, you can't like sometimes you just can't knock some. I mean, some things you're just like there's the outliers and the people that just like that market that you know that mm-hmm. product. I'm not saying the people that actually they're just like oh just saddle the only way to go. Don't you ever think about using it. it's just like all right, bro, you need to just chill, man. <laughs> but like it it it's. I love saddles. I probably will only saddle a couple hang hang hunts or uh, set stands this year, but I'll mostly be all saddles. And then uh, in like the e-bike and all this, and I'm going to do a lot of public land this year because my, my job, I travel, not travel, but I like my jobs in different construction mm-hmm. and I, and I won't be able to make it to my place in this year. So I ha- I'm kind of forced like, well, I want to hunt, so I'm going to have to hunt public because I have a two-hour drive to my lease if I wanted to go there. I was like, that's not going to happen if I get out at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, you know, so I have to do public. So, and I think that's, you know, the great thing about some of these people that market these things is that it, it is a lifesaver. You know, the saddles just take up so less of time to set up and all that, and I'm not l- lugging around that stuff. And that e-bike definitely 
will probably help me go deeper if I have to, just for the time's sake. I, I get out at two, three o'clock. That means I only have like an hour to set up before prime time. So if I can it's- cut four or five, even 10 minutes of walking on my time, that would be life changing, you know, in my scenario right now. And it's not that it's the end all be all, bro. No, no. I mean it's it's not, but it's it's just a tool in the arsenal. I say it all the time. It's a it's just a tool, man, to make you more successful. Like if you only have a couple hours after work, why not get on your e bike and make it and cut down so that you're half an hour earlier in the tree or get in a saddle in an area that you couldn't get a regular tree stand in. Yeah, I still tree stand hunt. You probably still tree stand hunt, but it's just a tool to grab right. and make it work. Because, like, if you – so you being a construction guy, if you go to work and you bring a pair of scissors, bro, that's not going to hit the nails in, right? No. You need the right tools for the job. It's the same with all of this stuff that they come out with. It's it's not the end-all, be-all, but it's a good tool for the job. Yeah. And, and it'll definitely help. My, I think confidence is, like, a huge thing now. And if, if that special, I don't even care what it is, that thing makes your little heart tinkle and go, wow, this is going to get me in that woods. It's going to get me on that deer and it's going to kill him. Then you better have that thing every time you go hunting. Because if that, mm-hmm. if that makes you that confident, bring it, dude. Because that's, that's, dude, this hunting will humble you quick. I uh, Archery and hunting will humble you so quick because you think you know everything and then you get your butt kicked. But if you can break that, you know, mental state, dude, like mid-season where stuff gets really gray when you're like, oh, I got times running out. You know, I took a lot of time off and it's not coming together. Confidence will definitely keep you in the game. Even if it is that you have to wear a saddle. It is what it is. (laughs) Yeah, tree diaper. There's nothing wrong with it. No. I mean, it's it's really not. No. I mean, what's what's the trees mostly out? I mean, you got a lot of like... We got a lot of pines like in the northern, so like you can't fucking get. You got to trim for like hours, or then you got these mature oaks and all that, or then you get these, you know, these these trees like these. We call them telephone pole trees, but I mean they're only like, you know, like a coffee can like size, and like a regular tree stand, you're like, oh, but in a saddle, you you feel a lot better, so. There's a huge mixture. I mean, we have some softwoods, some hardwoods. Um, You have some medium, like, it's not really hard, but it's soft, so like your ashes, your birches, stuff like that, some of your lighter woods, Um, and. You still have ashes? Yeah, not very many, but we do, yeah, Yeah, we do have ash. The ash borer killed a lot of our ashes, like, it's rare, I mean, I. It's rare for our, where I hunt to see ash trees that are still alive. So we actually just had the ash burrows come. And we also have not the ash burrows, but we had one that attacked the oaks. And now we're starting to, oh, gypsy moss. Okay. And yep. they're like, you go into some of the public land, bro. Like there's sometimes in some of the public land that I literally will not go until gray light because you don't know what kind of tree that you're going to end up going up into. And it's kind of dangerous. Like you get into an Oak flat, bro, where you want to be hunting and every tree is dead. Damn. And I'm like, dude, like, what do you do? You just get up there in gray light, get in the area and then hike up in the tree as the sun car starts to come up. You have no other option. I mean, they're, they're clear cutting out properties, which is starting to come back. Like some of the trees. So we, so 
with oaks and stuff or any tree, if it doesn't fruit after three years, it dies, right? So, like, we didn't have fruit on some of the oaks and stuff for two years. And then finally the third year. So, we did save some of them. But there's some areas, bro, that they're, like, just straight clear cutting and getting rid of all this oaks. And on it's like, public and private? Public and private, yeah. So, yeah. like, and one of the things that we were having a problem with, like, this year, for example... We were in like the craziest massive drought that we've ever had here. And so A, you didn't have oaks, so you didn't have acorns, and then you didn't have water. So like what the what do we do, man? Like you're like literally trying to find an area that has food and water and there isn't any on that public land. You know what I'm saying? Like you have to find that alternative. So it was it was tough, man. The early season was tough and then the first week of the season, we got four inches of rain, bro. So everything went back to normal. Yeah. Like right now, a lot of deer are in green fields, which this time of year would not is not normal. No. And they're literally in green fields because we got all this rain and there was a huge influx in greenery. So these deer are starting to move to those areas. So now you're looking for green fields. You're like, there's no cornfields. The corns have been cut. Yeah. But now they're all in green fields. And you're like, I, I see beans are getting over. cut right now. Pretty good. They're pretty, beans are pretty dried up in my area. And corn's probably not too far away. So it's going to be a weird season, I think. And like, it's just like people are like, oh, hunt the oak, oak flats right now. I'm like, fucking acorns everywhere it's like they, these some of these publics has not been logged or anything in like 30 years there's oaks everywhere it's like how mm-hmm. do i hunt freaking a, a thousand acres of oaks you know what i mean like i mean i can try but we're not gonna do that yeah the ag was really weird and that's why i think like ohio like i'm not a biologist or i don't know like that's why they were saying ohio got hit so hard because of that rain early and it just maintained that midge like it kept you know, because usually people are like, well, it only happens during droughts. Well, actually, it was like later that rain came in like that June, July. So that sun and then the water, standing water, helped create that midge to be so big this year that for EHD. Because they had a huge problem with the EHD. That's what that's held what, it on. That's what I heard from other sources and all that. But, I mean, that's, that's the scary thing. I mean, just like Mother Nature can just kill your plans real quick so and i i think that a lot of people need to uh like our dnr needs to do a lot more forestry stuff because i feel like people like get so butthurt like oh they're taking logs out well if they're fucking dead take them out you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's like california all the time how they're on fire but they bitch about them logging but they don't put fire breaks or nothing in there because they're just so overrun and you got these mature woods, like let them log it. Let's get some money out of it for the, for the state. And then let's put some fire breaks in there. So you half your state's not on fire all the fucking time. But like these people just fight logging so hard on that. Well, California, you know, we were talking about this actually <laughs> a couple of buddies of mine today, probably, you know how like we were worried as kids as the fault was going to break off and California was going to dissipate off of the continent? I think that would be the greatest thing that ever happened to I wish. <laughs> I wish. The movie San Andreas, I wish that would happen right now. Dude, just fucking break. You remember when they were like, hey, we're going to, California's like, we're going to secede from 
the United States, I was like, I'll sign that petition. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, dude. Seriously. Like, I, I just don't understand. Like, they were like, oh, man, it's, that place is so, like, they have, like, a national drought uh, all the time. But mm-hmm. they, like, one-third of the water goes to their wineries and all that. They they take from the Grand Canyon water. It's like, wait a minute. <laughs> you all doing this. I understand these farms need water and all this, but you're literally just feeding alcohol. I mean, I probably got a lot of people, like, bashing me it's just like you're just giving all these wine your water but you're you're literally don't have water and you're just like oh we still need our wine though mm-hmm. it's just like it doesn't but would sense. you really miss california i mean it's no. not like there's any like killer hunting there right i mean like I mean, we could get anywhere else i mean the blacktails blacktails I, I think they have a bear season but it's like it's probably so limited it's probably yeah. non-residents probably can't even apply it's just nobody like, cares about it no and it's dude, i hate to bring it up sorry but no like, no no it it's, it's scary when i like i don't know a lot because i don't go a lot out west but like right. dude jackson i went to jackson two years ago to bear hunt mm-hmm. and i went through there because i was like oh jackson you always want to go to jackson so i went in there and i was just like whoa i don't want to go to jackson anymore because i just seen like you know the left or whatever the yeah. people the californians and all you know all moving in mm-hmm. sure whatever and then i had to take my bear to get checked in this year to back to jackson and i couldn't even like i could barely recognize jackson how how developed it was going but it was like so weird because you're like wyoming tough cowboy son of a bitches you know these guys are you know men men you know and mm-hmm. and you go out there and then you see these guys like that are moving in you're like what the fuck are you doing here and it's it's these people from out west moving you know more inland like colorado and all that like these canola hikers and all that they're just moving in and just like changing like i was like talking to one of the guides and i was like do you think in 10 years we'll be bear hunting he's like i doubt it because like they'll try and kill it that bad they'll think because did you you know who bear 399 is so it's a, a very popular grizzly bear out in Wyoming. Very popular. Dude, it has more Instagram followers than probably anybody in the hunting industry, to be honest. Like, dude, it has thousands and thousands of followers. So uh, this, it's a bear and it has cubs and all this. Well, they had to put a cub down and because it was just getting in the city. It constantly gets in the city, and they had to put a cub down because it just had too many incidents and all this, and the fucking people went nuts, man. They went crazy. It was like Harambe all over again, dude. So I think they're going to just say, when they find out there's a, even though it's a grizzly bear, they're going to put the black bear species in the same category, same band bears i think personally think in the next 10 years is probably gonna be gone they did that in new jersey so they had a bear season in new jersey and the governor ended up shutting down black bear season which is some of the so new jersey is actually known for some of the biggest black bears in the country and nobody really knows it right like they have some of the biggest ones like virginia and there's a couple of them on the east coast that yeah have i didn't know like, bears. like Pennsylvania, my I got a buddy down there, and he's, mm-hmm. he says they got some monsters down there. I was like, oh, they can't be bigger than the bear, the bear out west. And he was showing me pictures of like seven hundred thousand pound bears and stuff. I was like, what the? I can't believe it. Yeah, South Carolina is another state that has them that has absolute giants. Here too, we have five, six, seven hundred pounders all the time. We don't have a bear season. What, what do you and think it's from? I well, we don't hunt them. We can't hunt them oh. here, bro. 
and they're eating trash. Like they're they're eating everything. You know what I'm saying? Like they're breaking into houses and everything. Like we can't even have a bear season. And we actually did testimonials. Like we went to the, the state capitol and they were trying to open up bear hunting and this, that, and the other thing. They end up busing in uh, uh, sixth grade students from a local city to testify against. Yeah, not talk about craziness. To not have <laughs> yeah, a bear these, season. These like, sixth graders know what these guys know. What's what's, what's good up for the bear population? Yeah, they're really bear advocates. Dude, what? It's the? just crazy. Like, why would you get rid of like? I, I don't know, man. Why would you get rid of that? Like, it's one of the worst things to get rid of. Like, us, we're the front lines of conservation, hmm. and and that's what we are as outdoorsmen. Like, we are the ones that pay for that territory for those animals, and then you're going to get rid of the hunting of it. Like, we're the ones that keep that stuff under control and keep them, you know, thriving and living. Like, that's right. what we do as conservationists. Like, talk about you know like south africa and all that like those guys that money that conservation dollars goes back into these animals to make them thrive the way that they do we're the ones that control it same with deer hunting there's a ton of things that are like that man and when you start to get rid of it and you start to put your you know your personal bleeding heart thoughts into it bro you're only gonna ruin everything man like all right funny thing that happened right do you have you seen the article of and i know this is a tough subject bro but so in montana there was the girl that shot the siberian husky Mm-mm. did you see this no all right so this is wild bro. is this breaking so news this, oh dude this is nuts like oh. PETA is this is like like it happened the 27th of september so like oh. it is like yeah this is new new hot and I takes talked about this. from east coast trev so so she ends up going out in montana bear hunting and she there was uh, a wolf uh, well what she thought was a wolf but it was a siberian husky that was growling and trying to attack her so she ends up shooting this thing thinking that it was a baby wolf okay and she had a license and she was hunting alone and come to find out with it somebody actually released 11 of them into the wild in montana so did she do something wrong? Not really. I mean, she shot a dog, but it really not like a pet dog. It wasn't wearing a leash. It was feral because it's wild and right. it had been out in the wild for quite some time. If you take a wild pig and you release it into the wild, it's going to grow hair and tusks within a couple of months and start to eat meat and kill things. Right. Yeah. So like, what is really the difference in this Siberian Husky? Like, a wild animal she didn't really know any better but dude like they are like ridiculing her up one side and down the other is she wrong i don't know you know what i'm saying like this thing's trying to attack her bro like if a dormant pincher is trying to attack you any of us would have shot it right i mean like you're gonna try and scare it but you're gonna defend yourself i think where it kind of went wrong i you know it's a tough subject man like you don't want to attack a fellow outdoorsman, right? Yeah. Like you don't want to do that. And I'm not saying that she's in the wrong, but it's just a weird thing. And it just, that's where social media becomes bad because now you put it on social media. Now you're getting attacked by all sides, you know? So it makes right. things kind of bad, you know, yeah. it's just, it's a crazy situation where it's like, did she really do wrong? But the best thing is honestly, I know, and I don't want to make jokes and funniness about it, but she scun it out and she had pictures <laughs> of it. <laughs> On the back of no. his tailgate. 
dude, it is wild, bro. And like she, because she genuinely did not know that it was a wolf. Like, I'm gonna get a hundred bucks for this pelt. Yeah, but she was gonna like, dude. Oh. It's got like the skull in it. Oh, like yeah. it's the dude. Like I mean, is she really? Like I said, man, like I have a tough time talking about it because I don't want to like no, it's ridicule just... or attack her, but no. like she made an honest mistake because she honestly thought, I mean, she's out there doing the things that she wants, you know, she's doing the things that she's out there trying. Yeah. I'm going to, and, and the things like trying to attack her, but like, can you see it? Oh yeah. Uh, that's pretty wolfish you know i mean i i don't know in the heat of the battle like it oh man like i'm not saying that she's wrong i mean it does look like a wolf i don't take it i mean if the thing's growling and snarling at you dude i don't care if it's a goddamn fucking dot was a wiener dog and is doing that shit i'm like where the fuck are you coming from and it starts coming up on me fuck I'd shoot it too, but I'm, I I don't know about the pictures. That's a little, it's a little much. That's a little much there. I don't know. Like now I, like but there's I, eleven of them, bro. Yeah, there's eleven dude. of them. So like, where did she? She didn't go wrong, bro. Nah. If there's eleven dogs. Somebody didn't have eleven huskies. Who the fuck has eleven huskies, man? Is she like the queen they of release e- them into the wild, bro? Just the they queen of England. Wolves. Fucking with all our corgis, you just have eleven huskies. I, uh, hey man, dude, when how long has that that husky been in the wild, man? That husky's probably seen some shit, dude. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's eating meat. It's like a dog. It's it's now a like, at one time, through generations, that was a wolf. Right. I mean, like, let's be honest. Yeah. You know. You know what would have been the best if it wasn't for social media or anything like that? And she actually brought it to a taxidermy and got it <laughs> mounted and it was on her wall. And she has a pet, I'm like, not a pet, but she has a Siberian husky mounted on her wall. I thought it would be kind of funny. That would be, like, man. She's not wrong, bro. She's no, not. No, I mean, and I want to know a lot of motherfuckers that would go bear hunting by themselves. What you know? I'm not saying girls can't do that. There's probably some badass girls out there, but did girl out bear hunting by herself, man. I mm-hmm. hate walking in in the dark on my backyard. You know what I mean? But so you got to give her credit. I mean, yeah. but she's not wrong, man. No. I, I, you know, I give her credit. She did. I wasn't you know, in that scenario. We can play backseat quarter, quarterback all day, all day long. We can just be like, well, I would have did this, or I would have known. I would. Man, you didn't have no fucking. You don't know how fucking th- that thing circling me. Nah, it's not. Sorry, but could you imagine how many people are petitioning against that? Like you killed an, an innocent animal. Well, bro, let me put you in the wild yeah. with eleven Siberian huskies and let me see what happens to you. Were they? You know what I'm do saying? you know like, if they were all around her or was it just one? I don't know. It just says that there's a there was eleven of them released. Dude into the wild like some of them got hit by cars some of them were captured this one was shot like Uh, so it was it's the same thing like if you were to research like i said like pigs if they go into wild it doesn't take long for them to grow tusks and long hair like i'm talking months yeah yeah so what is the difference if they're going to protect the survival of the fittest if you put me in the wild bro my beard's going to get longer and i'm going to start eating meat like raw meat you know what i'm saying like i'm going to survive so what is the difference in that dog you know like it becomes a wild animal yeah. at that point, man. It's no longer captive. And yeah. I just, do, do you know if the like state is going to 
pursue anything or i know it's, it's under, still I've, it's under investigation at wow. this point is is what is what is said about it whether they're gonna you know if they're gonna press charges and do stuff about it who knows but as of right now she's not there was no charges pressed at this point because i went and did research about it because i'm like dude i kind of felt bad to be honest You're because right. i kind of like started talking about it and i'm like i don't really know the facts and then i went and i started reading about it and i'm like all right this makes way more sense like, yeah. it's not that bad like to be honest whatever i would have been if honestly if i was in her situation and the thing was snarling at me I'd probably do the same exact thing. No. Yeah, we, I don't think it would. We kind of had a not as, no not not nowhere near similar, but we had a we had a we had a pack of wild dogs up north, and we kept calling the DNR, and you know the DNR showed up, and you know like hey, where are they coming from? Well, well, we don't know. And then he talked all alone. He said, hey, they're they're just feral dogs and all that. I can't tell you what to do, but I don't know what I would do. And then he just like, oh. Oh, okay, but I mean, uh, we never seen them again. But like, there's not like collars on them or anything. No, no, they're feral fucking dogs. There's yeah, pa- dude, there was like a pack of like three or four. One was like a terrier. One was like a, I don't know, a bunch of mutts and all that. And man, like the the DNR is like, well, what do you, I, what do you want for me? I can't do nothing. So uh, you know what to do. Wink, wink. I'm like, well, like, some states it's it's legal to shoot. It's illegal. It's legal to shoot dogs if they're chasing deer. Oh fuck! Because I know, like here it is. If you if there's dogs chasing deer, you legally can shoot them yeah. without any repercussions. Nah, we'll probably get canceled from talking about shooting dogs or <laughs> <Sorry>. something. <laughs> it was a coyote. No. Yeah, that was a coyote. <laughs> that was a nah. I think like, I think like Mark Jury and them guys got like fucking attacked by that shit because all really? that. I, I think so. I don't really know, but I remember they did some stuff about that. About how like they had like trespassing dogs. I don't think they shot anything. No, right, but right, they were right, like right. talking about how it it makes them upset, and people are like, oh my god, and, like you would, you know, like, dude, they're fucking up. You know, he's that guy. That guy spends probably millions of dollars on his farms and all that. Mm-hmm. And he, you guys can't tame your dogs or the wild. I mean, what do you want the guy to do? But I well, mean, it's. So we had a scenario here. Actually, the lady that's the president of the Audubon Society here, or is it the Audubon Society or the one of the one of one of those crazy liberal things? So she's a president of it, and she had a pit bull that attacked and killed a lady here in in Connecticut, and they literally like to the point that they were gonna put that dog down, and that dog is actually in captivity, like it's in it's in doggy jail. And it still is. It's alive. It'll probably end up dying there. Um, but they they were going to put it down, and there was all kinds of petitions against it. Like, don't put down the dog. The dog didn't do anything. It's the third time that it bit somebody, and it killed somebody. And they were still acting as if it didn't do anything wrong. And it's like, at what level yeah. is enough is enough? You know what I'm saying? Like, Fuck, man. We've thrown away fucking people in prison right now for having weed on them. Weed and they're trying to save a fucking dog, man. Yeah, it's just nuts, man. It's just it's where the beliefs like getting rid of bear hunting, getting rid of or trying to get rid of all of these things. Like where I, where I think, is the medium? Here? I know. I think Canada got rid of their like uh one of I don't want to say Alberta like certain area in Canada. I remember they got rid of grizzly bear hunting and then like 
a couple like months later they were like hey this bear's coming in camp it's getting way too close and then they're like no we can't do nothing you know can't shoot it it hasn't harmed no one or nothing and that bear actually came in and killed a lady and her child and all that and they were like oh man like it's just a freak accident like no no it wasn't we told you this bear was like coming in here and you're the one that took away all the registrations like the hunties legally and then we warned you and you guys did nothing and then this happened like how is this not on your hands but like i yeah we keep uh, like i think in michigan like keeping everything in check and balances i understand don't don't slaughter them but like I think they're just like, all right, just kill the hell out of all the deer. Just like, we'll give you 10 tags. We'll give you two bucks. Like, just kill all of them. Like, that's CWD, that, that's our cure for CWD. Just kill them off. No, you can't You can't kill them over a bag of corn, though. Don't you dare kill them over a bag of corn. But kill the hell out of them, please. Like, that's the thing here. I think that they have the beliefs here, like, no deer, no animals to hunt, no guns. I think that's honestly like, because we can shoot five turkeys in the spring. We can, we have 16 deer, four of them as bucks. Like, if you got all of your tags, like, it's like, what are you doing? Like, I don't, but don't shoot the bears. Don't shoot the bears that are breaking into people's houses. Don't shoot the bears that are attacking people here. Like, leave those alone. But we want to get rid of everything else. Like, it's just ridiculous, bro. Absolutely ridiculous. Makes no sense. Yeah. And it's like, it's super hard. It's it's like, it takes a couple years. It depends. We have like three, I think three weeks to bear hunt. Like the first week is like no dogs or nothing. It's just regular Mm -hmm. bear. And second, I think they released, like, you can do dogs to track them and all that and stuff. Mm-hmm. But, like, to get, like, a first season tag and a good unit, it takes almost, like, fucking, like, seven to eight years to get a tag. It's, really? Yeah. And, like, I don't, I'm not the dog. I'm not going to use a dog to do them. I don't really. I mean, if it was a mountain lion, I would maybe do it. But, like, I don't know. I like to be over to bait or something. You know, I think that's a little bit. But, yeah, it takes a while to get a bear tag in Michigan. There's like other units that are like you can get one in a little bit, but they're not that many bear. So, hmm, that's nuts. I don't know. I I kind of I'm into the dog hunting kind of thing. I think that it's it's a different it's a different sport, right? Like it's yeah. a different thing to do. It's like coon hunting. You know what I'm saying? Like when it comes to that, I've never done the bear aspect of it. I I hunted over bait and I also trapped or went trapping. And that was probably one of the coolest things. I think the next is probably going to be dogs, just to see what it's like and understand it. Like, that's a little unique. I never heard of the bear trapping stuff and all that. Dude, it was one of the coolest things I ever was part of. So I got to go up to um, this place called Big Machias Camp and do, like I had said earlier, that doing taxidermy. So I got to go up there and um, do some do some skinning and stuff and hang out in camp. And I I paid for a hunt and they found out that I did taxidermy from one of my other buddies that's taxidermist there. So they had asked me to stay a second week. Well, on the second week, they start to trap. And it is one of the coolest things I've ever been part of in my entire life. Like, dude, to try and trick this animal, right? So you have a six-inch tube, and it's like like cast iron or or, you know, steel tube. It has a bottom to it. It has, like, these three wires that come down and they go and they cross in the bottom on the bottom. So they stand up in it and there's a collar around the outside and those bars go through the collars. So you put a bag of bait underneath and it has the bars there inside. 
So when they go to grab the bag of bait with their claws, they pull up on it. There's a collar and there's a snare like a like you would like a like a coyote snare kind of thing with a spring on it and a stop. And when they go to put their arm in there, they pick it up and it goes around their forearm and then it slides down their hand and then they're trapped to the tree. But, dude, it is probably one of the coolest things to watch the video interaction with the trap like they so you have to put a 40 pound rock on top of it so that the links can't get in there and keep all the other stuff out of it they'll literally just come and flip it they'll put their arm in there and they'll get caught in it and then you go there in the morning and they're on the on the snare line and you shoot them and get on your way but that's how you kill some of their bigger bears like because like you know you've hunted bait like the big mature bears do not come into bait like when I was up there hunting, I had a double ear tag, a single ear tag, and a big white patch. And they all came in like an hour after I had left. And they're just nocturnal bears. Well, the way to get those big bears is by trapping. And uh, we ended up trapping a 366 um, on on it. And it was, dude, it was one of the coolest things I've ever been part of, honestly, man. To like walk up to that bear and that catch circle, bro. And that thing is just snarling and everything and watch him shoot it. Like, bro, it's held on by like a pinky size, you know, seven strand. Like you're like, dude, what if he like my luck that fucker just snaps. And the thing is like, you go up to it, bro. They have it like twisted. They have it like all like, like broken and this, that, and the other thing. Like, you don't know if it's holding on by one strand or all seven. No. So like you have a 300 plus pound bear, you're in a catch circle, bro. I'm from, you know, I'm three feet from it. Oh. And the thing is just snarling and barking and snapping and like, Oh man, it's that's cool. It's that sounds really exhilarating. It would be pretty cool for like the bear thing to see the dogs work. I bet you that would really be cool. Cause I'm, I, re- I want to do a mountain lion hunt and that would be really cool to see um, the, the dogs work. Cause like I just seen them like small game hunt and all mm-hmm. that and that's pretty cool to watch the dogs work but i just personally i like my over the bears i don't think mm-hmm. i want to use a dog that's this my personal yeah. preference and all that and and there's nothing wrong with that no man. i would love to see that trap thing like just to be like you said be part of that that's just like holy moly i mean that's cool too i mean i thought when you were kind of talking about it and one of your episodes i was listening to i was like dude do they use the the fucking giant like pizza <laughs> no. size claw. I was like, holy moly. <laughs> no, those were outlawed years ago. Yeah. So they went to this whole tube trap and it's like a for those guys that coon hunt, it's like a dog proof. Yeah. Um it's more or less it's just a dog proof for bears. And uh it's pretty nuts. Like I love trapping. Trapping is you want to talk about being an absolute sportsman. Like to get an animal to step on a one by one circle that a pan of a you know of a trap or to you know put its hand in a tube or whatever i mean dude that's a that's a tough thing to do man to figure out where those things are or to swim through a one by one square or you know trapping is a whole nother sport that a lot of people kind of push off i mean like for you guys in michigan the upper the upper up i mean that's a huge thing there yeah. trapping is huge there you it's know? actually dying though a little bit because the same here the price of pelts are just gone and like my dad used to talk about my grandpa you know he just you know you go get a couple beavers or something dude you get good money for that stuff now it's just like and like a lot and and, and like you said it is a 
art form and it, it's dude you have to know and you have to be committed to it you can't just be like all right i'm gonna set these i'll be back in like a two or three weeks like you mm-hmm. have to like be constantly on it it's a big commitment and, and it takes a lot of knowledge and all that it definitely would be awesome just to like shadow one of these guys just to learn it and it i, I think it's gonna be a dying art pretty soon it's, i really do i mean if china and russia keep flooding the market then it's going to be a dying breed here for us because that's what's happening is that there's those guys are normal fur buyers of the United States and they haven't really been buying. Things are starting to go back up, but not as much as what it was. I mean, like when I was, when I was originally trapping out of high school, I would trap with a good buddy of mine and we would run a ton of traps, dude. I, we would trap coyotes, foxes, otters, minks, muskrats, fisher cats, bobcats, um, you know, you name it right. and literally it's just not what it was, man. We were getting 30 to $35 for, for, um, for a beaver pelt. Like no. you're not, dude, you see five, 10 bucks, you know, like you got to trap a lot of stuff and guys still make a living. Like the guy, Jeff, that, uh, we went and visited up in Maine this year. That's what he does full time. I mean, he traps hundreds of animals oh, yeah. He's and be still makes a ton of money. Killing it. But yeah. it's a lot of work, bro. Oh, like it's yeah. a lot. I mean, it's a full time job. I mean, it's between after you trap and run your trap line half the day, then you're back home and you're skinning and fleshing, dude, and putting up fur. I mean, it's a lot of work and drying out caster. I mean, they use everything. There is nothing that goes yeah. to waste. I mean, it, in the springtime, they there's a lot of different parts and stuff that people sell. You know, like I buy skulls from a ton of trappers and stuff and clean them up and resell them. I mean, it's a ton of stuff. I mean, there's a ton of money, but you have to do it on a big bulk scale. Yeah. yeah. Honest, you know, yeah. it's fun though. Do it's, you, you know, it's another day to get you out there. Do you think if you got put on that show alone, you could make it? Oh, dude, with no your questions tra- asked. Your trap. <sighs> My man. Dude, no, no way. I, I, Can honestly, I convince I you to put your application it. in that show? I would love to. I would. <laughs> I don't know, man. The thing that scares me about that place is that there's just so many predators there, man. And I have a tough time, like, anxiety wise. I think I would freak the fuck out because when you're there and, like, things go wrong, like, what would you take? Like, my thing is, like, I'd want to. I don't know. You'd have to really, like, that would be a long, hard thing to think yeah. about. I could survive there. I know I'd be a lot days? skinnier than what I started at, though. If, I know that. If you don't put the mental aspect of missing your family or missing people or not talking to people, that would be a little bit different for me. But, like, how long do you think you could go before you literally meal nutrition would go into you? I think, personally, I got 25 days in me, and that's probably pushing it. You can fish. I can't fucking fish. I'm the worst fisherman ever. So you, if you can get a fish... Them guys, because that's the thing. You got to get that fat. That fat keeps you alive. Mm-hmm. And like, I can't fish, so man, I'd be willing to try it, dude. I think I think I would do it, man, just to see what it would be like. Yeah, I don't know, bro. The video, my video recordings of being on an island alone <laughs> would be like, bro, they'd be worth a lot of money because the things that I would say to a camera yeah. would be dude dude like oh man like i'm trying to remember that guy's name that he like shot a musk axe and like he had to finish it off with a knife he was like basically a bull like having the ox charge him then he would like slide to the side and just stab this bull of this musk ox i'm like dude what like 
whatever. Now, do dude. they all go to the same type of island though? It's like it's like like a part of the Arctic or whatever. Yeah, it's usually I think it's more mostly in the, like the same island, but like just different. Usually by by the coast or something and all that. My thing is, I'd just be afraid of dying out there. Yeah, dude. A lot of people uh, either start their shed on fire. That's how they fucking like. One guy started his shed on fire, and they're like, he's like, hey, I should start my shed on fire. I don't have nothing. He's like, well, we can't bring the helicopter in there till daylight. So good luck. <laughs> like. Like they're like, well, we can't do nothing. We can't fly our helicopter in the dark. So he had like stay out there and survive. But like uh, a lot of like the girls, the girls make it a long time because the mental aspect of it, I think, of is a huge thing. But I think the longest guy guy made a hundred days out there in the Arctic, dude. I mean, dude, oh, so they just keep continually go on. Dude, as long as well, you can. one guy that it just depends on like usually it was like the last person and like the one I started out. His name was Jordan. He was actually like starving to death, and he killed a moose, and he was starving to death because he didn't have he didn't have fat. He had meat, but he, he didn't have fat, so he was just basically using everything he had because he was just oh my tummy's full, but he doesn't have fat. So, but uh, he made it like sixty, seventy days. But then they had like one like you had to get you had to make it a hundred days, and you had to be the last person out there to get the full money. So, but he yeah like. He was the last person on like 80, 90 days or something, but he had to wait to the the hundred mark to get the full money and all that. Yeah, I don't want to do a hundred days, Dude, but I'll, I'll go and give it a try. I mean, like thirty days is I don't know a month away from everybody, bro. That and like like you get like they come in like every like couple days or like a week or something. They come in there and they just do like a male nutrition a check, a wellness check, like but they don't talk to you at all. They just basically the doctor goes. You got any like frostbites? You got any wounds? Okay. All right. Here's your weight. Okay. All right. Bye. And then they just leave like no communication. So you're just like talking to a camera. I, I don't know. That'd be a tough thing. But I think if, yeah, I think 25 days it would be, I could survive off of stuff. I think I, I'm not a good trapper, but I think I could do decent on squirrels and stuff. I've just. Mm. You got me thinking. Maybe I should put in an application, dude. No. <laughs> dude, Bear Grylls had one. My wife told me to go, try to go on his show, but I don't want to drink my own urine because it's like, dude, that guy drinks his own urine for nothing, dude. So, no, I'm good with that. Yeah, like, I don't like, want to do no crazy shit, dude. Now, like, I'll, I'll go and survive in the woods to prove a point. But yeah. when it comes down to it, I mean, you think about it, like we we are survivalistic. Oh, like yeah. that's that's what we are. I mean, we're like. I mean, as outdoorsmen and, and sportsmen, like we are on the top of the food chain or we, you know, we try to put ourselves in there. I think when it comes down to brass tacks, I mean, at different points of survival, like, I mean, like war survival, like if, if like there was a war on our own, hump, our, our own front, front porch, I think that guys like us, we would survive, but we don't have that aspect. I mean, I know myself personally, I can't speak for you, but like, like I have buddies that are like, they live, breathe, and die for that stuff. Like oh, they yeah. are warriors. You know oh, what I'm yeah. saying? Like, as me, I'm I'm a I'm a hunter. You know what I'm saying? Like I I'm not a gatherer or a warrior, but I'm a hunter. Like that's that's what I do. Is is I could survive, um, you know, hunting and trying to do it that way. But I, as the warrior aspect of it, war when it comes down to brass tacks, that would be the tough part for me. Um, but as being on top of the food chain and trying to survive in the wilderness and get food for my family and to survive it 
it's every man for themselves yeah. and I will survive. You yeah. know what I'm saying? If that's what it came down to, yeah. you're going to figure it out, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, you know, we do definitely have the patience because I've sat up in a tree and not seen shit for a long time. <laughs> I know too. I'll be, I, I'll, I'll be fine. I think I'd be fine. So, you know what we need? We need to get on a team one where like there's like two people oh. and you have two different skill levels to be able to do something like, like the alone, but teams. Yeah. I could be down with that because at least I have somebody to talk to. Yeah. I might kill my partner. Yeah. After time with stress, but be like, Trevor. Did you eat the last of the salmon? But no, absolutely not. Well, it, it, it's fucking it not here. Fucking ants, bro. Yeah, exactly. It's not fucking here, man. <laughs> that's probably all right. So they probably that's why they. They probably yeah, just them. like they, uh, just like purge the rules. Make sure it's like in a third world places where like no laws are here. So you just like, yes. <laughs> international waters, anything that's very goes. True. For sure, for sure. Ah, uh, man. Well, I mean, I don't want to take too much of your time. So, is there anything like you want to leave us with? I mean, I know it's a little bit different from. I mean, is there anything you want to know about Michigan? I don't know how many Michigan guys you have on your show, but like, I mean, most of everybody wants to hear the boys from Iowa. You know. Yeah. That. Well, we're not those guys. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. We, no, we, honestly, I. Just thank you for having me on, man. This was a great organic conversation. Yeah. I had an absolute blast, bro. Yeah, I, I, I it figured was so much fun. I figured, you know, a lot of times, you know, you, you know, you've been in the podcasting worlds. So everybody wants to, hey, give me your tips on oak flats, or you know, I I felt like on this one, I wanted to do something a little bit different with you and keep keep everything fresh, you know. It's not the same regurgitated shit. I mean, the, your podcast is super fresh. I love your podcast, and I mean, I it's always I've always loved it, and uh, I think you guys are killing it in the game. I think you're definitely in the top. So I really appreciate you coming on and all. Hey, that. man, I appreciate that. Those those world those words mean a lot, man. Very humbling. I I really appreciate it. And to be honest with you, tips and tricks, though, you don't want me to give you tips and tricks. <laughs> I am I am not the guy, bro. That's why I podcast. That's why I podcast with other people to learn those things. Right. I just I just like to be out there and enjoy the outdoors, man. And if I could leave one thing. It's just spend more time with the ones that you love, man, out in the great outdoors, man, and 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 bring that camaraderie and 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 that deer camp feel back to home because I think that's one of the most important things to me, man. Is like, you know, spending more time with the ones that you love or your friends. And one of my biggest goals is to try and hunt and spend more time with different people in camp. The more people I get to spend in camp and share those stories with is the most important thing to me, honestly. Awesome, man. I that's awesome. So. If anybody doesn't know, where can they check you guys out at? Theoutdoordrive.com, man, is the place to be. Uh, if you want to see anything or what's going on, all of our YouTube links, Facebook, Instagram, our merch is on there. Theoutdoordrive.com is the place to to hear about what we got going on over here. Dude, awesome, man. I, I can't appreciate any anymore, man. I, I, I was so – dude, I was bragging to people at work. I was like – you don't want to know who I mean, like, dude, I got the, the, the top tier guy wants to be on my Stop, podcast. Bro. Stop, said, bro. The best dude. And I, I, I'm kind of mad. They didn't have a vote this year for, uh, the best voice in podcast. Cause I know you would have won it. Dude, they had all this like best bow hunting podcast. No one wants that 
best voice in the podcast game, East Coast Trap, dude. Hands thanks, down, buddy. dude. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, man. All right, thanks, man.